head hit the shot from half court. MVP of all sports, coach put me in the game. You know I'm the truth born to feel bad. Competition, know the deal, coach put me in the game. was blessed as always um watching this ncaa tournament i kind of want to talk about that for like 12 seconds like has really been like a beautiful thing this year especially on the men's side because i just love the parody in um basketball well in sports period not just basketball um Sports like lacrosse and them have been doing it for a while where not only the big schools and the powerhouses win, but like to see like Loyola Chicago in the final four and not just in the final four by a bunch of lucky big time shots, but just beating people like they're beating they're beating teams. They're beating the odds. So that's that's been really, really fun to watch. Um. I looked at a um, Duke-Kansas game. It was a really good game with the overtime. I still think that was a charge and not a blocking foul on um, Wendell Carter Jr. But who am I? I'm just a fan when it comes to watching those games. But week's been blessed. Family's good. We're getting closer and closer to the due date. Um, and that's about it, man. How things been going with you, Coach Kurtz? Yeah, good week as always. Uh, like you said, I'm in the house watching this NBA tournament. Seeing how... Uh, so many teams that are so competitive and so many mid-major and, and relatively unknown programs having a shot and, and like uh, Loyola Chicago still, in, still being in it. So that's awesome to see. And then uh, we uh, we had the state seed and strength meet uh, on Saturday, which was awesome to see kids from all over the state coming and competing in uh in the banks, the squad, and the broad jump, and I mean, it's just awesome to see where uh, where the weight room is just so different than than, than traditional traditional athletic events. Where I mean, it's, it really, really like like a, like traditional sports. I mean, it teaches students to overcome fears and to persevere and to set goals. But uh, but a lot of times in the weight room, I mean, in these, in these competitions like the state state championship, there's winners. There's winners, but I mean, everybody, even if they don't play for coming first place, a lot of them still walk away with a sense of accomplishment because even if they didn't play, they maybe set a PIR. And uh, and what that's one thing that I love about the weight room and standing condition is, is it really teaches kids and students and anybody that's involved in, in training to embrace the process of becoming the best and getting better every day. So I mean, there we have. We had one kid from, from AC Florida that plays sports. Harper Fordham, shout out to him. Great job. Plays soccer and he's the kid on the football team. So, I mean, I'm going to put it out there right now. He might be the strongest kicker in the state. Uh, so, great job by him. But all, we had 11 kids compete and 
those did not play for the top three, but uh, all of them walked out of there really feeling good because almost all of them PR'd from their previous best in the venture squad, and I think that's something that's awesome about the weight room and training is just uh, just getting, and you just really focus on getting a little bit better every day, so it was, it was cool to see. Amen, amen. So how, how was your week, Coach English? Uh, I spent the better part of my week in the classroom learning how to drive a bus. Uh, it, it was the most boring thing in my life, but I'm going to say I passed my test with 100, and that's all that meant. You got a little bit better this week, Coach. I got a little bit better. Got a little bit better. Become the best at getting better, right? And become the best at getting better. <laughs> but you know what, I can see Monday you. I can see you as a bus driver. You seem like the bus driver <laughs> type. I'm, 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 I'm proud of you. Like, see how this went left? I don't know how to drive a bus. I mean, you got a skill that I don't have. I, I, need, I need to pick that up. Right, right. No, I'm just saying, like, hey, it went left. The wheels on the bus go left and right, and around and around. So I can't wait. See now, see now, see now from, from you, Michael, I see it as a compliment. From Josh, it sounds a little condescending. <laughs> but, but we Listen, will keep dog, it on peace here. You could drive my uh, bus any but day. But for the most part, <laughs> <laughs> word, at, least, at least I know I got a job with you, Josh. Dang, at dog. the end of the day, I know I got a job with you. I appreciate that. Yep. That's what friends are for. Uh, but... Uh, all in all, man, it was a good week. I had a good week of workouts with the kids. Uh, we had some 6 a.m. Had them in the weight room before school. Um, the kids that couldn't make it before got in there afterwards, really got after it. Um, coach, My assistant coach, Coach Eric, is doing a great job. Uh, he did a great job this past week um, without me being there. Made sure the kids stayed on task. Kids worked hard. Um, and so, you know, and, and uh, uh, other than that, man, I mean, everything's been good. I've been blessed. Um, had an opportunity to spend the weekend with my kids. And, you know, when you get a chance for free time with your kids, Josh, as you know, free time with your kids is always a blessing. You never know what they will say or what they will do. And it's, it's, it's always a pleasure. So, um, ready to get back into this show. And I know we're a little late, but, you know, we're back at it, trying to stay consistent as possible. And, Hopefully we bring you another good one. Yeah, so um, that that's right, man. It's always a blessing being with your kids, man. And like, um, your kids can say one thing that my kids can't say right now that their daddy is a bus driver. So um, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. It was like I threw the pitch over the plate and nah, he knocked it out the park. Like I set that up. Listen, I, listen I, that so makes fun. you that's, look. You are a better man than me when it comes to that area of your life. So, and Coach Kurt. So, oh. look, I'm proud of you. Look, we're going to get started with the show. You're taking it the wrong way, man. I'm proud of my brother, man. I'm proud of you, man. But um, this show, we're going to really call it like um a, de- a decisions episode. Because, like, a lot of times with young folks, you know, we... um. You have, to, you have to make decisions. It's not young folks, people. As adults, you never stop making decisions all the way to your last day on this earth, man. Um, so you never stop making decisions. So we're going to hit it from three areas. Um, Coach Kurtz is going to get into some things you should ask your trainer, the things you, things you should ask to make sure your trainer is putting you in that direction as far as when you're selecting a trainer, when you're becoming a part of a strength program, not just um, at a young age, but through high school, through college, even as a pro. And um, Coach English is going to um, 
speak on um, the, the, the decisions that comes with when selecting a travel team as a parent. Because whether you play volleyball, soccer, basketball, heck, tennis, and baseball and softball, it's, it's travel teams. It's travel season. So you have to make sure you're, you're making the right decision with that. Then I'm going to finish it off and um, helping young people make sure they're making the right decision today that's going to affect them tomorrow overall. So we're going to let Coach Kurtz get started with his topic about three things you should ask a trainer or your strength coach, and then we'll um, feed off each other and go from there. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I think it's an awesome topic, all three of these topics. And, I mean, strength and conditioning and athletic development is is getting more and more prevalent in Youth sports, high school sports, whatever sport that you play, there's there yeah, every every sport and parents and of children of any sport that they play, they understand that that a strength coach can improve their their child's athletic performance, and most kids understand that that as well, and that's awesome, especially me being a strength coach, for more and more people understanding the importance of having an athletic development and strength and conditioning program. It is awesome to see, but all all strength coaches or all athletic development programs are not the same. And so, I think if you're a parent of a youth level athlete, like say eight to twelve year twelve years old, or a parent of a high school level athlete, um, you need to vet your your coaches. Anybody that wants to work with your your kids, as far as being their strength coach and, and developing them from a fundamental movement pattern, you need to you need to understand what their philosophy is and, and see how qualified they are to work with your athletes. Um, so, I mean, I think all parents should make sure they find a coach that believes in not only training their child to be a better athlete, but also how to be a better person. And uh, and I think. Um, all coaches want the best for the athletes, but parents should still research their child's strength and conditioning coach to make sure that those coaches are knowledgeable specifically about how to train youth-level athletes. Just because somebody runs in the NFL or somebody has an explosive vertical or somebody's just a freak athlete, that does not mean they know how to train your child. That might just mean they were blessed with great genetics. So... Uh, you need to really interview any coaches that, that you're thinking about working with your child and, and figure out um, uh, what, what their knowledge level is. And I know a, proper, a properly qualified strength coach should know how to properly profess or refresh young athletes. They should be able to identify injury risk in the athlete before they become potential problems. And some, some guys and girls and coaches, if they're not, Knowledgeable and have the education level or expertise level, they may not be able to identify those those issues with your child. So I mean, I think I wrote a little blog um, for for our website, theathletemaker.com, and I just talked about three smart questions that every parent should be asking their child's strength coach. So, uh, the first question is: Do you have you you have a guy or girl that male or female? Being your child's high school strength coach or private level strength coach or youth level strength coach, number one question I think is you should ask them, is this training program age appropriate? So programs for kids in seventh and eighth grade should be much different 
is no design for kids in 11th and 12th grade. Programs can be adapted and progress as kids become older. More experience, as they become older, as they become more experienced, as they develop better movement competency. If a huge red flag is, say, if your 17-year-old child comes home and says, hey, our new strength coach has us doing, say, the University of South Carolina football program, strength program. That's a huge red flag, which a lot of people are going to look at it and say, wow, this strength coach has, is, must be very knowledgeable. He's training my kids the same way that he, that, that the University of South Carolina or any big-time college is training. Well, that should be a red flag. Because you should not be training a 11, 12, 13, 15-year-old the same way that you train a 18, 19, 21, 22-year-old elite level athlete. So the number one thing that you should ask is, is there a program, is appropriate? And I think the, the program definitely needs to be differentiated according to the age level of the athlete that, that, that you're training. Second question that you should ask, is your training, is your training program designed for overall athletic development or is it primarily sports-specific? The term sports-specific has got has become a big buzzword in the last five, ten years where everybody wants to try train from a strength and conditioning standpoint sports-specifically. Hey, my kid's a basketball player. My kid's a baseball player. What type of strength program are you going to do to specifically target their sport? Well, let me tell you something. If your kid is 12, 13, 14, 15, he was 15, 17, 18 years old. He does not need to be trained forward forward specifically. To reduce injury rate, injury risk, a, a youth or teen strength and conditioning coach should focus on overall athletic development and not sports specific strength training. Uh, all young athletes should be able to move well. They should have good movement. They should have good mobility, good ability be able to understand how to perform every fundamental movement pattern. Um, they should be able to squat. They should be able to lunge. They should be able to press. They should be able to pull. They should be able to hinge. They should be able to carry. All, all of those movement patterns will translate over into any sport they play. And so really when you get into the term sports-specific, that kind of leads to overuse injuries. For example... Uh, say you're a young basketball player and the strength coach says, hey, obviously all basketball players want to jump higher and be more explosive. So you're a young basketball player and the strength coach says, the potential strength coach says, yeah, we're going to get your kid on the Vertimax. The Vertimax is a magic potion that will make your kid jump, that will make your child jump higher. Well, especially youth athletes, they first need to learn how to absorb force properly before they produce force. They need to learn how to bend and they need to learn how to land properly. After that, they need to develop a athletic strength phase with age-appropriate movement before venturing to the Vertimax machine. The Vertimax machine is not going to teach them how to land properly. It's not going to develop absolute fundamental strength. What it is going to do potentially, is teach them uh, rate of force development and how to produce that force more quickly. But if they don't have any strength to be able to produce force, 
the Vertimax is not going to do anything for them. But because a lot of people think about sports-specific training, they think, hey, if it's a basketball player, he needs to get on the Vertimax. The Vertimax can be a good tool, but it has to be used appropriately according to where your child, where your son or daughter, or where your athlete is according to their athletic development level. And then last, and definitely not least, as your, your, as your kid gets older, gets more advances, and they are at the high school level, almost every high school in America now, if, their kid, if your kid is playing a high school sport, he, is probably, he or she is probably doing some type of strength program with either their high school strength coach or their high school sport coach. Almost everybody understands the importance of strength and conditioning whether they have a full-time strength program at the school or just the sport coach is running the strength program, they're probably doing at least some type of strength and conditioning. So if you are going to add on to that child's strength and conditioning program, um, you need to ask you need to ask that strength coach and ask that private trainer that you're looking to add on, are you willing to coordinate our strength program with a high school strength program, uh, add that to the private trainer. Uh, many people think that the more training you do, the better. So they might hire, hire a private coach for their child. Uh, I'm all for athletes training with other coaches. Like, uh, I'm the strength coach at our school. I work with all of our athletes. Um, and I have a lot of my athletes train. They train with me, and they also train with their private strength coach. But... If they are going to train with their private strength, uh, if they are going to train with another strength coach in addition to me, both my program and the, what they're doing with their private strength coach, those programs need to be married and they need to be unified. Where if that kid is squatting heavy with me on Monday and goes to his private trainer on Monday night, I don't want him squatting heavy again. They, we both need to have open line of communication and we need to coordinate with each other so that our programs are unified and we're still working towards the same long-term athletic development goals. So, um, if that makes sense, the three, the real three questions that I think every parent should ask their child's strength coach, um, when they're looking for their strength coach, if they have a strength coach, uh, just learn about the program and ask their Okay, great points, man. And I think a lot of um, parents need to hear that, especially with um, the young folks, man. Because like a lot of times, trainers we they they get into this um, ego thing of wanting to show that they can be better than their high school program, but it's not about that. It's about coordinating everything and being on the same page, which ultimately is going to um, enhance the kid. You don't want to burn them out because just going from my program with you, I don't 
I really don't see how someone can leave AC floor and go lift at, and go lift weights after school after the program that they've already been a part during the day, unless it's something enhancing something else. So I do think it's very, very important to be on the same page. So hopefully that, that helps um parents out. So Coach E, we're gonna get into you, Papa, and let you um speak on something that something else that will help when making decisions with young people. I think that a lot of times, um, especially in this part of the year, uh parents are berated, especially the parents of elite level kids. And I mean even down to the, 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 the tiny ones, the third and fourth graders. Um, I think that they're attacked by uh, these these ideas of my my kid playing what's called AAU or or it's been it's been labeled AAU, which is kind of I guess a bad knock on AAU. Um, but everything that's travel, whatever sport, baseball, uh, basketball, soccer, um, volleyball, um, whatever it is that's travel is now considered AAU which is a complete and utter misnomer because the uh, Athletic Amateur Union is actually run a little bit different than some of these other organizations. Um, you have uh, uh, AAU, you have YBOA, you got uh, uh, the, it's a bunch of them. You got the circuit teams, all of that stuff. And so really what I kind of want to take a second here is, you know, what questions do we need to ask when, or, or what do we need to look at as a parent and a player when talking about what team should I pick or what team should I decide to go try out for. Um, and I've broken it down into five different kind of sections. Uh, goals and mission, coaching, practices, games, and what I would like to call the cost. Because at the end of the day, it costs money. Uh, when I was coaching AAU a, long, uh, a couple years ago, before I started coaching high school, I always would tell my parents, I'm dealing with two of the most important things in your life, your money and your child. So, of course, I had to put cost in there. And there's a couple of questions you want to make sure you ask within each of these sections. Now, I believe that every AAU program or grassroots organization should have some form of goal or mission. All right. Me personally, I feel like the goal and the mission for an AAU or, 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 or grassroots program should be for your child to be better by the time they leave you. But by the time they leave this organization, they need to be better. The teams need to be instructed by experienced and knowledgeable people who focus on uh, 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 improvement of the individual and not simply just winning tournaments. You know, say uh, the, the 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 mission more or less should be for the player to be prepared for the next level of their basketball career, whether they're going from uh, fourth grade to fifth grade, sixth grade to actually playing middle school or middle to JV or JV to varsity. It needs to be that they are getting ready for the next level of their basketball career. Um, and on top of that, I think where a lot of these organizations get lost is they forget that we are, as coaches, or they are, as, as coaches and role models, they are, they need to be teaching these kids life lessons that help them to be successful off the court as well in the classroom. They need to be supportive of the kids in the classroom because when does AAU start? What, the end of February, mostly? Early March? 
kids are still in school. So we sh- the, 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 the people in these organizations need to be promoting positive academics, positive um, um, reinforcement of them doing their homework and getting to school and, and not being pulled out all the time. Um, so under the goals and missions, questions that you might need to ask, does your AAU team uh, organization actually have a mission statement? Does it have intended goals? You know, uh, and does the organization over time, when you look at it, tend to live up to those goals? Um, does the does the team care about your player, the player's development, or are they more interested in just playing a ton of games? Because I've seen AAU organizations that play six tournaments a year or five, and I've seen some that play twelve tournaments a year, which I think is utterly outrageous because there's no way you're finding quality and, and the kid is not really developing within that. Um, uh, does the team focus on having a good time with friends, regardless of wins or losses, or does it is it a cutthroat team that wants to bring in as much talent as possible and try to win national championships? I've seen teams where if the kids that are on the team that started the team are not that good, They'll go out and try to find kids so that they can win because at that point it's about winning. It's no longer about the kids' development. Um, uh, 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 do you have, uh, uh, does, can you feel a positive or negative influence from the organization's culture? Um, is it confirmed or is it divided? Um, equally, that's kind of on you as a parent. Which one do you feel comfortable with? Um, then the next level, the next section, uh, where you want to kind of really look at is coaching. Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that your kid um, uh, 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 is, is dealt with by an experienced coach. Um, one of the main contributors to your child's development is overall basketball experience. Like, what are they taking in from the person that's coaching them on a daily basis? So some of the questions is, is the team coached by? And this is a lot of the problem, Josh. You notice a lot of, a lot of some of them come into this. If the parent, if the team is coached by a parent or player, the parent of a player on the team, is that coach fair? Like, is he coaching the team fair? Or is she coaching that team fair? Um, you want to make, you, you want to ask that because I've, I've seen kids on both ends of that spectrum. I've seen kids where the team is being coached very well by the father of one of the players. And I've seen it where the father of one of the players is, is extremely delusional and thinking that his kid is all of that and in all actuality, it's at a detriment to the rest of the team. Um, the experience does the coach have? Is the coach positive or negative? You want to make sure that you're dealing positive, what is it, positive vibes only? You want to make sure that the person is in positivity. Um, is the coach quiet or loud? Uh, does he or she scream and yell at the players and all the rest? Uh, does the coach act in a way that is a good role model for kids? Because at the end of the day, no matter what level you're coaching on, we're supposed to be positive role models. At the end of the day, we're supposed to teach kids how to act. And it's not just telling them. It's not do as I say, not as I do. It should be do as I do. It should be follow me, and, and, and I'm going to set an example for what you should act like. Um, um, and, and, and shoot, I mean, <laughs> one of the major things a lot of these organizations don't do is they don't background check their people, the people that they did, that they have coaching teams. You know, I think that that's a big deal. Um, I think that you should always know whether this person is uh, 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 a person that you need to have around kids. 
Um, and then this next section, I guess for me, is a little kind of, it's a touchy subject for the people because I'm going to step on some toes here. For some odd reason, some AAU teams don't think practice is important. They roll the ball out there and then they run a bunch of scrimmaging for about an hour and everybody leaves. Right, and Josh, you know that as much as I do. They just you walk into the gym and they scrimmage in 15 minutes into the damn practice. In my language, I'm sorry I didn't even say that. But um, or they practice or, or, or the practice schedules are always changing or whatever. So you want to make sure that there's skill development actually happening at practice. Because the fact that there's actual skill development happening, that means that your kid is actually getting better. Whether it's volleyball, whether it's baseball, I know they have a good travel program out here at Hartsville, travel baseball program, and you can walk past the baseball field, and those kids are out there, and they're practicing, uh, they're in the batting cages, they're pitching, you know, you can see fielding drills actually happening. They're not just out there just playing. Um, does the coach actually coach and teach during practice? Oh, play the colleges, you know, do they out there, are they out there just doing what they want? Um, and then a big thing is, I've seen I've seen organizations where not all the players show up for practices, but all the players show up for games. Well, so how how is playing time determined at that point? Um, then that and that segues us into games. You know, um, does the team play in tournaments or leagues or both? Does the team play? What section does it play in? Is it sanctioned or unsanctioned? Uh, does the team travel out of town? Is that what you want? Um, does the team play in ace events? And it's funny, I, I don't hit Josh Chime in a little bit, but you know, uh, uh, you got to put showcase in quotation nowadays because everybody's tournament is NCAA certified. Now, I don't know how to hit how all these coaches get to all of this stuff, but I know, I know that all of these tournaments that are quote unquote showcase you go to and there's not a coach in sight. Because it's not a reputable tournament or whatever. You have to pay attention and know what these organizations are doing. Um, and in the last section here, I'm going to cover it. I know I kind of went over my time. I'm sorry, fellas. Um, but the cost, you know, is there team fees? What do the fees cover? You know, uh, if the team travels, are those costs covered by registration fees? If not, what is the cost? And I think a lot of times there's a lot of kids that have financial issues. Like, does your organization figure out a way to help these kids pay these fees if there are fees? Um, now you have, you also have these elite elite programs, which, you know, kind of sort of going in, kind of really have a grasp on who they want to pick up. And then, you know, they have tryouts and then they may, a kid might come in that wows them, so to speak. Uh, but that kid might not necessarily uh, uh, fit their mold, so they'll shift them over to another particular organization with another particular team in their organization. And I think that as a parent, and I said all of that to say this, as a parent and a child, I think you and your, and your child, sons, daughters, um, need to sit down and look at all of the aspects of what's going on. And I think more than anything, the parent needs to take into account what the child wants to get, what the child wants, and then see if they can come to an equal medium. Because if your child is not happy with the organization that they're playing for, you're not gonna, he's not gonna maximize, he's not gonna maximize what they're supposed to get 
out of the organization. And that is where I think a lot of parents go wrong. They dictate what their child should be doing rather than trying to listen to what the child actually wants to do. I have, I, you know, you, you come across kids where, shoot, you know, you got parents that force their kids to play travel baseball and they don't even like baseball. So now you have a kid out there just playing. The kid would rather be doing something else. Actually listen to your child. I don't care. If the child is four or five and, and I got a five-year-old mirror, I would love for him to play basketball. Mirror doesn't want to play basketball right now. You know what Mirror want to do? He want to play soccer. But guess what I do? I support him at soccer games. Uh, his team was called the Green Beans last last season. So I was following the Green Beans with a Green Bean shirt on. Because that's what he wanted to do. I listened to what my child wanted to do. Because I knew it's what they want to do is what they're going to be passionate about. So when your child has something to say, a team which they're interested in playing on, listen to what they have to say, and then as a whole come to a informed decision. Take those questions I just gave you. If you need to run the show back and write them down, do that. Just like with, with, with Coach Kirch just now. When you're talking about these personal trainers, Coach Kirch just gave you a bunch of questions to ask. Run the show back, write down the questions, and go in informed. You and your child become informed. Because the worst thing you want to do is burn time. Time is the one thing you can't get back. It's the most expensive thing on the planet. So at the end of the day, you burn a year, you can say, okay, yeah, we always have next year, but you just wasted a year when you could have taken the, the, taken the time to take the knowledge that was, that was thrust upon you and use that to make a better Informed decision. Yeah, I agree. I think time is extremely important, and I think both of y'all made tremendous points, man. I my only concern with with the whole travel scene is, and and what is the word I'm looking for? A surplus, a surplus of travel teams. You know, right now it's so many, like it's so many travel the teams. Market, the out market, the market is watered down. Yeah, it's so many travel teams out there. I'm not sure that it it is being the most efficient for the actual system, the circuits, and even and even the kids. I remember it was a point where literally only elite players were allowed to play travel team. Where now it's turned into an element where. It's strictly about the dough, you know. It's it's really well, about it's really about making money. So you have all of these teams with kids who probably won't even have the opportunity of playing at the next level, and um, it's just over and over. But look, to each his own. Everybody has the right to um, chase their dreams and do what they want. I'm definitely not trying to neglect that, but I do I do think you need to be efficient. Um, Coach English, I would have loved to see you in a green bean shirt, though. Um, when you when you said that, my imagination just started running, and I I I, 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 I would know is, what you look like. Your nephew has a picture shirt. for you in a green bean shirt. Like it ain't me, it's him, and I just need to give it to you. Okay. So you you can talk about the green beans all you want, and I'm gonna tell him that Uncle Josh was talking about the green beans. No, I'm, I'm I, was talking about, I was talking about you, you in a green bean shirt. I wasn't talking about the baby. 
I would have loved to see like how are you how would you look as a green bean? I would I would really be intrigued to see that. But like I said, like I said a second ago, man, to each his own, man. Everybody, hey, some people want to be green beans. All right, but this is what I'm gonna talk about, man. We're gonna um the last thing I think you guys did such an elegant, eloquent job of getting your points across. But the last thing I'm gonna discuss is something on decisions that young people struggle with is understanding how the decisions the decisions they make today how they affect them tomorrow and I'm going to keep it as something as simple as getting it done in the classroom this is a sports based show because we are sports based men a large part of our profession has something to do with sports and um we love sports and um I don't think any of us are ashamed of that um coach Kurtz is very passionate about his calling in the strength field. Um, Coach English and myself are very passionate about our calling in the athletic arena and, and, and everything that falls up under that. But young people, I think the decision that you're that, – that not all of you, because some of you do a tremendous job, but getting it done in the classroom and the percentage that I'm talking to on this, I really want you to really understand where I'm coming from. Getting it done in the classroom affects all of your goals – for your future endeavors on whatever you want to do athletically. Um, As cliche as it may sound, if you aren't willing to study, you aren't willing to pay attention in class, you really don't deserve the opportunity to play at the next level if you aren't willing to commit to the things you are supposed to do. Something I tell my players all the time, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you can't do what you want to do. And I try to make them live off of that because playing a sport is a privilege. Going to class and getting your education is some is is it's it's a responsibility. And responsibilities always outweigh privileges. And what's beautiful about the way they connect when you take advantage of when 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 you when you when you take what's the word I'm looking for? When when you when you handle your responsibilities when you handle your responsibilities, you could take advantage of all of your privileges. You know, if your parents say be at the house at 10 and you don't break curfew, you will continue to be, you will be allowed to go out. And your curfew might go from 10 to 1030, from 1030 to 11. Okay. But if you are responsible enough to come back in the house on time, eventually you will not be allowed to go out at all. And getting your work done in the classroom is the same way. If you don't get it done in the classroom and you make that conscious decision to be a mediocre student or to just be a bad student, period, you aren't going to play sports at the next level, you know, and don't get it twisted about the whole junior college thing. Junior college is for good players who might have had an academic struggle or two here and there. It's not for players who just decided not to do their work at all. It's a difference. I've sent multiple kids to junior college. I've sent multiple kids to four-year college. I've even had kids that, that, that were good enough that qualified for four-year college but might have been missing a skill or two and went to junior college to develop. But at the end of the day, even if you, even if you don't do your work, you probably won't even go to junior college either. And the day of the dumb athlete is extremely played out. 
You know, you can't just be the dumb jock anymore. And and, and some people still kind of cater to uh, cater to the athletes, but it is getting far fewer beyond where you're getting the special treatment just because you're an athlete. And I think it's our job as coaches to make sure these young people understand their priorities of making the right decision today and how it's going to affect them tomorrow. Because it's it's too many times where you have a talented kid, but their future is very slim because they didn't take advantage of today. Because the ball is going to stop bouncing. It's going to stop being hit. It's going to stop being thrown. It's going to stop being caught. Or however you use whatever sport you play, however you use it, it's going to stop. But here's what's beautiful. When you take when you when you when you take care of your responsibilities, when doing those things, it stops later. Like for instance, you're a great athlete, you get it done in the classroom, you're going to eventually stop playing basketball. But guess what? Because you got it done in the classroom, you might have an opportunity to be a coach. You might have an opportunity to to open up your own complex and continue to do what you love. But when you don't do what you're supposed to do, you aren't going to continue to do what you want to do. And that's kind of all I had to say, man. I didn't didn't really have a long run on that, but it was just something I wanted to put out in the atmosphere for our young people. We got to start doing a better job of doing what we are supposed to do in order to do what we want to do. Because that probably can apply to adults also. But we just just focus on that for me this week until the next show, young people, all of our all of our listeners. Like do what you're supposed to do. You'll be able to do what you want to do. That's that's just how it works. But you can't have you can't have the latter without the other. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. It never usually works that way. And um, that's kind of it, man. If you guys got any more closing statements, we can close this show out and get ready for next week. No, I love what you said there. With um, And you talked about it a few months ago where young people, you, you truly have an advantage, I believe, than in generations past where there are more and more and more young people out there that just do not want to be great and do not do what they're supposed to do and just don't want to do the ordinary things that they're supposed to do, and let alone the things that are going to set them apart. So if you're somebody that is truly committed to being great and doing what you're supposed to be doing in the classroom and being on time and being at practice every single day and then putting in the extra work, you are one in the very, very, very few minority. And if you're somebody like that, that hard work and that dedication and that work in the classroom is nine times out of ten going to pay off, whether it's with an athletic scholarship or whether it's you be being a starter on your team or even or even that doesn't happen, it's going to pay off in you being successful in other areas of life. And I, I truly believe that the people that want to be great, is those people are very, very few and far between. So if you're somebody that truly, truly does, and not just somebody that says they want to be, um, you're at a major advantage, especially in, in today's world, for sure. Amen. Coach, yeah. what you got? Man, I just feel like uh, in today's society, just like you said, that a lot of the kids 
don't understand that I have to do what I have to do right now um, so I can get to do what I want to do later. I had a conversation with, matter of fact, I had a conversation with a friend of ours, uh, uh, Hannah Fryerson, over at from OW. Right. And her, her daughter plays in the same day, because we were texting back and forth, and in the same day, she went to, she played a soccer game, went to AAU practice early afternoon, and then went to karate practice later that evening. And I said, yo, what is this? Like, she really did all of that? She said, yep, to the best of her ability, she did everything and excelled in each one. And she said, I just want her to have every opportunity. And she said, some of the parents thrust upon their kids' laziness. She's like, I'm not a lazy person, so I'm not going to allow my daughter to be lazy. Right. And her daughter is amazing in each one of these. In each one of these sports, her daughter is, like, amazing. And, but that's more of a testament. It's a testament to her daughter, yes, because her daughter works hard. But it's a testament to her, because what do they always say? The kids haven't changed, the parents have. Right. And I think, to, to Micah's point, and to you, Josh, as, as adults, like, we have to set, you know, to kind of connect with all of you, what all of us have said, we have got to set the example for these kids. Like, we have to as much as we can do what we have to do so we can get to do what we want to do and encourage our kids to do the same thing. I think the best thing you can teach a kid, I think the best thing you can teach a kid is work ethic. You know, I won't say the best thing. One of the best things you could teach a kid is work ethic because you're, you're not going to always be the most talented. You're not going to always be the most gifted and you're not going to always just be the best, but no one can deny work ethic and work ethic always gets you further along than where you started. And a lot of people just don't have work ethic. And um, it's a tricky thing as a parent because you want to give your kids more, but you make them earn less when you just give, give, give. You got to- see, but Josh, see, but Josh that's, that's, see, like Pal and Jay work as hard as they do. Because you have instilled in them work ethic. They see you work. They see you in the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that that's the thing that goes, like, that's the thing that goes unnoticed. As the adult, we sort in, in a roundabout way dictate what our kids do just by our own actions. Right. Just for our own actions. If our actions are laziness, if I'm always late to work, if I'm always calling out from work, if I'm I'm moving from job to job, house to house, depending on this, depending on that, what am I really what is really happening with my kid? If if the team has a fundraiser and I would rather pay the money than tell my child to go raise it. Hey, man, hey, son, get the paper. Coach gave y'all the paper. Come on, let's go to Walmart. Yeah. Matter of fact, you know what? We ain't going through all of that. Well, how much coach says I got to raise? $150? Here's the $150. And, what, what, and, did, what, what did my child learn in that? I don't know, man. I just think, I just think work ethic is so big. And the last thing I'm going to say, man, I know we've been doing a lot of talking. Um, yeah. <laughs> I... You know, we all we all work at we all work at public schools in the state of South Carolina, and we even had a show on this. We even had a show on this 
And um, it's a big ruling going through now where they're thinking about changing the open season, you know, oh, yeah. for, for athletes. And um, we talked about, we all felt, you know, playing multiple sports is a good thing. That we, we don't, none of us thought that it was a bad thing. And none of us tell our kids only to play one sport. But, and, and this is just me talking, this has nothing to represent the institution that I work for, but, or the school district that I work for. Right now, the open season is going to go from, so like for instance, I coach basketball. They give us a, um, about maybe four to six weeks. Right now, the open season is four to six weeks before the season starts, two weeks off. And then after the season is over, the state championships, you're open season again all the way through the spring and through the summer, which gives kids multiple opportunities to work on their game. And all of the sports are like that for their respected sports. Well, obviously, I don't know why they're, they're, they're trying to change it to where only the only open season you get for like would be like a month before your season starts. Yeah. I want them to be very careful with that because the overall – level of athletics in the state of South Carolina has increased and has improved. And I think a lot of that has to do with the last several years of open season. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have the opportunity. Everybody doesn't take the initiative to work their kids during the open season, but I don't want you to penalize the coaches that do. Now, some people are saying, well, that's stopping kids from playing other sports. You aren't going to, you can't control that. You can't control whether a kid wants to play football or whether a kid wants to play baseball. You can't control whether a kid wants to play basketball or so forth. You can promote them and you can tell them, well, why don't you try this? But the way the games, the, it's sports is evolving just like the world. And you're seeing freshmen start at quarterback. In, at Power Five schools, and not just start, but compete for and win national championships. You're seeing freshmen, freshmen start at Power Five schools at basketball. I just watched Duke, even though they lost, um, playing an elite game with 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 freshmen. We're not going to talk about the Kentuckys. So the game is evolving. People are getting better at young ages you aren't going to be able to make kids play multiple sports at the high school level because people want to dial in. But what I can say, Mm -hmm. I can say it is our job as educators to support kids' dreams. And the reason I say that is this. How many times have you heard people say when a kid is in the ninth grade say, yo, I want to be a lawyer so I'm going to focus on the things and gain the knowledge it takes to be a lawyer. You never heard them say, well, don't just say you want to be a lawyer. Say you want to be a cop. Say you want to be a dentist. And say you want to be an astronaut. And why don't you work on all of those things and see which one you want? How many times? And, yeah. I, and I'm asking y'all that. How many times have you heard someone say that? So if we are willing, if we are willing to allow young people at the high school level chase their professional dreams, Outside of sports, of being a lawyer, of being a dentist, I have one of my little cousins who's in um, dental. She's she's in um, dental school right now at Howard University, and all she talked about was wanting to be a dentist. 
And she's she's fulfilling that dream right now. If we would have tried to make her focus on 30 other dreams, it's no telling where she would be right now. And that's not to say tell kids to play one sport. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is as leaders and as educators, it's our job to facilitate, embrace and encourage these kids in their dreams, because ultimately either two things are going to happen. They're going to actually turn those goals into reality or reality is going to smack them in the face. But no matter what happens, it's our job to promote them in moving forward. Cause I do have a philosophy on one thing. Well, one of my, I have a lot of philosophies, but one of my philosophies is this. <laughs> if you are working towards something in a positive manner, no matter whether you reach your ultimate goal or not, you're going to be in a better place than you were before you started working at it. And I just want us to be real careful with that because I do know, yeah, they haven't came out and said this, but I do know the main reason of changing open season is because you want kids to stop specialization. That isn't going to change because, and let's be fair, if your kid is throwing a 75-mile-per-hour fastball in, in in middle school, you aren't going to tell him to play three other sports, okay? My son, Talon, turned out to be extremely exceptional in soccer. I didn't know that. All he plays is basketball and soccer. Would I love for him to play football? Yes. Would I love for him to play um, 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 baseball? Yes. But guess what? That little class that he's competing with right now in basketball and soccer is constantly grinding, is constantly getting better. And as a fourth grader, he's already – and I won't let him feel the pressure, but he's already seeing the expectation of what it takes to be great. So we have to be very careful when we say well, don't, we don't want the kids to specialize. Everything in life is specialization when it comes to being a professional. Everything. Everything. So be very careful. I just want my leaders and my administrators and in, 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 in the high school league to be careful with that. When you say you don't want a kid to specialize, everything professionally is specialization. And ultimately, you're going to have to start. And if you're, if you're waiting until 18 and 20 to specialize, it's not, it, it, it's, it, might, it might make some cringe when I say this. But if you're already if you're waiting to 18 or 20 to specialize, you're already behind the eight ball. You're already behind the eight ball. And specialization doesn't mean you can't play other sports, but it does mean, okay, this is what I really want to be good in and let me grind on it. Because if my youngest son, Jason, is throwing pocket passes as a football player and the guy when he's 12 years old, we're going to go work on being the best quarterback in the country. All right. So so just be careful with that. I'm off my soapbox. Yeah, I'm yeah. A, well, I mean, go off of what you said. I mean, um, I mean, it's there's so many factors to kids to to why kids are gravitating towards playing one sport in high school. And I mean, I definitely don't think that closing down the open seasons is going to deter kids and push right. kids to play other sports. So I mean, I think. I think there's so many factors to kids specializing in sports. Um, as far as the athletic development and strength and conditioning perspective, I mean, I think that specializing in one sport and playing it year-round 
um, can be problematic and lead to overuse injuries, but that's where it comes into having a comprehensive, holistic, unified athletic development and sports uh, program where as far as if this kid, say the kid's playing baseball, say the kid's specializing in baseball, he's playing for his high school, he's practicing and playing with them all fall, he's playing with them in the wintertime, he's working with them in the spring, and then he's AAU in the spring and in the summertime. That's where it comes into having these coaches that understand the demands of the sport and being able to being able to adjust the volumes and load the practice plan, practice time, and, and and the demands on that kid's body. That's what's going to help with preventing overuse injuries is by by giving them the proper amounts of rest and recovery. As far as that, and then in the weight room and strength and conditioning, like I talked about with uh, questions asked. I mean, so if a kid's playing basketball year round and in practice, he's doing a ton of start and stop and quick movements and quick jumps and landings. He doesn't need to come into the weight room with me and do 50 box jumps and 100 jump squats in the weight room. He's doing all of that stuff in his practice. So that's where it comes from having, having qualified professionals in all areas of that sport where now he's playing basketball year round, basketball, quick start and stop movements, quick jumps. He's going to build up a lot in his quads and in the front of his body and the anterior loaded part of his body. So now when he comes in the weight room, I need to focus on the posterior chain and really focus on the hamstring and focus on the glutes to offset the demands of what how his body is being built up to the demands of his sport. So, I mean, it, there's so much that goes into over-specialization and... And, and long to, and the t- talks about who are over specialized are more at risk for injury. Well, it all depends on how their how their sport coaches are designing their program, how their strength coaches are adapting to the demands of their sport. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's no one answer, and just shutting down open season is definitely not the answer because I mean, you've talked about it in the office before. Where if if they shut down if they shut down open season with you they're working with you in the in all of September and half of October and then they're working with you all the time in the spring and they decide to shut that down the majority of your kids are going to go and work with some other basketball coach or some other basketball trainer outside of the school so I mean that's definitely not the answer um, for sure I mean I see I see both pros and cons of, of playing multiple sports and specializing in sports. Um, there's pros and cons of both, and, and there's no one answer. So um, it's not. But I think, like you said, the people who are in charge definitely need to definitely need to do the research and figure out whatever decision they make. Is it really truly going to to be in the best interest of the kids for sure? Yeah, I just and and and, and Coach Kurtz, you're being modest, but. What you said was so profound when you said the strength program. Everyone needs a Coach Kurtz at their schools. Everyone no, needs, don't they? They need a oh. – and not because, like, for instance, I don't have enough time to get into how I modify 
my workouts and my practices throughout the course of the year for my guys that want to play basketball at the next level. We can save that for another show, okay? But your program enables kids to play soccer year-round because that child is, and soccer is probably one of the most brutal sports on the body there is other than um, football and basketball. But your program enables that. And like I said, my kids play more than one sports right now, so don't think I'm just a guy that focuses on one sport. But what I am saying is be careful because at the end of the day, it's about the overall benefit because they're either going to play for us or they, if they don't like the way the rules are, they're going to leave and we're going to lose them to the private sector because I can't compete with the Oak Hills and the Hargrave Military Academies of the world if I can't have my kids in the gym in the spring and the college coaches come in the spring after the evaluation period to see spring workouts. Well, guess where that kid is going to go? Where they can be seen in the gym during spring workouts because we can't do it. So all of that has to be thought of. You know, I've had multiple college I mean, coaches in the gym in the spring, but if you say, okay, y'all can't do spring workouts anymore because it's closed season, where do you think those kids are going to go? They're going to go to other schools. So you have to be very, very careful. And we w- I want to close it out because we, 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 we're going long, but that's, that's something we could talk about in another show. Um, I'm going to let y'all get started with the shout-outs, and, we, and we, we'll save some of this for another show. I give my shout out, man. Shout out to Coach Kurtz and um, the um, strength team that competed for at the state strength meet. Well, the, the guys, right? You did the guys. You haven't did the females yet. So shout yeah, out. The female to- female strength meet is April twenty first at Come on Let's go. So shout out to all the guys that competed in the state strength meet that did well. Um, shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to. Um, all the coaches, man, that's out there grinding, you know, continue to grind, continue to lead. Um, never doubt yourself. Doubt is a cancer to achievement, so don't let it sit in. And, um, Coach E, I'm going to pass it on to you, baby. Well, if you're going to join the conversation, make sure to hit us up at the Philly and the show. That's the Philly A-N-D in the show at gmail.com. You can hit us on every single piece of social media at the SME show. The Staley and English Show on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. We also have the Facebook page. Please make sure to click on it and like it so you can get all Staley and English Show featuring Coach Kurtz updates. Um, hit us up on iTunes. Make sure to share and subscribe. Uh, if you're on Android, uh, you can catch it on Google Play and on Podbean.com. Um, we're closing on 2,000 downloads. Um, it's been a great ride. Um, we've always we've always tried to do the best that we can to bring you the most consistent, the most interesting show that we could possibly bring you. As always, put God first, everything else will follow. Peace. Peace.
Peace out, man. Peace out.